Welcome to Potaholics. This is the We Will Fix It show with Colin Thomas from We Will Fix It Dubai and Essential Maintenance Dubai. And as the tin says, we talk about DIY, home repair, and a whole bunch more. You never really know where this show is going to go, but you know one thing for sure. If something is not working where you live, Colin will have a fix for you. It's as simple as that. This is the We Will Fix It show. I love every week when we get together, Colin. <laughs> Good, me too. But I also love it so much when you open with some kind of gambit that's just setting me up for failure. So thank you for that, James. So I'm supposed to be able to fix every single issue that everybody in the world has got, am I? Pretty much. Hey, I, It's I, an outrage. I, I think my landlord listens to our podcasts. <laughs> I just had to think then. We've been quite nice on the whole, haven't we? We, we? we are absolutely nice. We do talk a little bit about the maintenance guys that he uses. and uh, But I, I think he listens to the podcast because he came back to me this week. My, my well, Like a lot of people, our leases do. And he came back and he said, uh, James, you, you, you're, you're thinking of staying or are you thinking of moving on? And I said, I don't just have that. I said, I, I don't know. And he said, well, I, I'm, I'm keen to reduce your lease rent. So, uh, and I kind of went, I, I think I'm staying. <laughs> it's like, so I like where I live. Yeah, I like where I live. And that means I don't have to move all my junk. And I said, and by the way, can we do a couple of these little things? And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I said, okay, well, it sounds to me like we got a deal. <laughs> well, I had the exact same conversation last night with my landlord Uh-oh. because after all the discussions and podcasts that we did on the design and all that kind of stuff, yeah. finally on Sunday morning, the new villa that we planned to move to fell through. Oh no. So, is history, which is... Um, but hold on a second. You you had the kitchen planned. You'd gone through weeks of planning yep. that. We talked the backyard planning. You had weeks of that. You yep. were... It, and it all got flushed down the toilet like a really bad deuce. I reckon that Natalie and I had spent 30 hours on it. Oh, man. And um, I'd done four quotes with different contractors um, just to work out whether or not the budgets were yeah. accurate. And... Um, this is an unrentable house, which is hilarious yeah. um, because who is going to take something on with no kitchen yeah. and no, literally no garden whatsoever. Um, and I gave him a long-term lease deal that meant that at the end of it all, A, the market would be better. Secondly, the property would be maintained within an inch of its life. And um, thirdly, it would have had a... Um, a, a lovely garden, a lovely kitchen, uh, ready for him to sell it on at a better point in the market. But yeah. unfortunately, he just didn't see it. So is there a possibility, Colin, that he or whoever has been dealing with him, his agent, has looked at all the work that you planned to do and, and had had discussed, and they've just said, hey, why don't we do a scaled-down version ourselves? get this thing on the market and get it out of there? Is that possible? No, I don't yeah. think so. He, he basically was, uh, the current value of the property is about half what he paid for it. Oh so he is making a multi-million dirham loss on it, were he to sell now. Although he does have it advertised, but for way more than its current value. Mm. Um, but the, um, I think the main, the main issue is that the, the agreement was that as we are renting um, and the amount of money involved, that he would need to put his hand in his pocket for quite a lot of the works. Um, so I think he just decided um, to have a bit of a short-term mentality rather than um, see the bigger picture. And as you can tell, I'm not bitter in the slightest. <laughs> so, so, so what's the plan now? Are you staying in, your, in the villa that you were, were at? Well, that's the thing. So the, I didn't start the conversation with the landlord because I really didn't want to have a conversation with the landlord right now. Yeah. Um, but he did. He started, he gave me a quick phone call last week um, and um, asked whether or not we'd had any thoughts, to which obviously the only answer is no. I've had no thoughts and no discussions whatsoever. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. So the phone call, uh, the phone call last night was. Uh, I mean, he's been very fair this year, um, and he has offered a decent discount. Uh, what I said to him was, well. Our main issues are um, we really wanted a pool, which we're not going to be able to solve. But also it is now a property in the Arabian ranches, which is 15 years old. There's never had any upgrades to it whatsoever. So it's looking pretty tired. Yeah. So um, he's offered a big discount. I'm going to try and get some more 
off, but I want to invest it back in the property. So um, I think the main thing is going to be an upgrade to the kitchen, which it doesn't have to be that expensive. So um, I think with a respray of the uh, kitchen cupboards, the whole place needs retiling because the tiles are literally coming away from the wall. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah, we're not going to be able to do the worktops because that's just got too much cash attached um, to do it properly. And again, the only way, in my opinion, to do worktops is with stone. Um, So uh, I think that's too much to expect him to spend. And then that will get us another year, assuming that he plays ball. Um, If not... I would walk without even thinking about it. Natalie, probably a little bit less so. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it all depends. He was very reasonable with us, which was at uh, the end of this month, uh, so that's now, what, two and a half weeks away, yeah. um, is the two-month window where he could show the property. Okay. What he's asked for is just to have a decision by then, which I think is a very fair um, perspective, and we will abide by that. Any uh, any other decent looking properties in the ranches themselves? See, the the problem that we have is we have a very defined wish list. Ah. So, what the way we live is very different to the way that um, the general properties have been created. We live in kind of a, a kitchen and living room area. Mm. That's that's us, and the rest of the downstairs, which is a whacking great. Um, dining room and um, lounge, we don't even really use most of the time. <laughs> probably 30% of the downstairs area. Well, the way that most of the ranchers' properties, and actually a lot of the properties in Dubai are, is they don't expect the kitchen to be the hub of the home. Right. They expect that to be for support staff to be providing. Let's put it that way. So as a result, they're not really set up for the way we want to live which really rules them out. So it's either even when they have a decent sized kitchen, it's normally like in a corner of the property out of the way. Mm. It just doesn't really, doesn't really work for us. So there's a real limited number of properties. Actually, I think it's only like three types in total uh, that would work for us in the ranches. Um, and of those, the majority of them are as tired as our current one. And most of them don't have a decent sized plot and with two young kids and a crazy dog, they need running space just to stay remotely sane, especially during the lockdown. Yeah. So we are struggling right now to see um, other units, apart from the one that we've just lost, um, that would that would work for us. But you never know. You know, something may well pop up. Um, but I think it's only fair of us that, um, as our landlord has been decent enough to give us a sensible time frame to give him an answer. Um, that we will abide by that if we're if we're not able to find something by the end of the month. No possibility that your landlord could dig a pool in your backyard, or would that just take up the entire yard, giving you no space at all? No, the plot's huge. I mean, it's um, fifteen thousand square feet, so it's it's a big old plot. Um, the issue actually is more his situation, which. Uh, okay. is, and negative equity on the property, and he is an Emirates pilot. So unfortunately, currently, as he's not flying, he has a a large salary reduction. Um, So when you throw all of that together, it's just, uh, I think it would be unreasonable to expect him uh, to to do that. Oh, man. Now, there's a third option. Your mother-in-law lives in a nice new residential area that I understand has some pretty nice villas in it. Living next door to the mother-in-law, an option? Do you know, well, I know where you're leading with this, James. Um, I would have absolutely no issues whatsoever living next door to my mother-in-law. And and pre-COVID, we we kind of, she's always been an extension of our family. And I am ridiculously lucky, and I'm not just saying that, but my mother-in-law, Marilyn, absolutely rocks. And um, it is uh, an absolute pleasure to have her around the place. Unfortunately, though, we're kind of used to um, quite large properties. Mm. And in where she is, they, they don't really have something of the size that we're kind of used to. So I don't think that would work. And, you know, she owns her property and is very happy there as well. So not really that mobile. So... In terms of the consideration for us, the additional consideration is uh, we need to be within decent distance of her 
um, because she's not the, um, the most comfortable of drivers. And we still want her to be able to come over and be a, a, yeah. a really active part of the, uh, the kids in our life. So that does limit it a little bit as well, but not, not in a bad way. You know, yeah, we're yeah. very, very happy with that as an arrangement. Difficult finding places. Well, I, I, you know, and this is that, that whole, as you were talking about, you know, redoing the kitchen, that's going to be another show. We're going to come back to a situation because we've, we've already talked about, we did the kitchen show where you talked about creating a kitchen in a villa. We've, we've talked in the past, we've skirted around some of the issues. We're going to, we're going to come back to that whole kitchen refit and, and, you know, using Corian type of surfaces on on your kitchen counters not Korean, that's another story we'll, we'll versus not versus using stone versus using who knows what they use in some cases and it, we'll, we'll have a t- chat about that as you start looking around your kitchen but i i gotta say i i feel for you totally because you you really were were one foot out the door into a dream yeah. situation and you know the door got slammed on your big toe and that's that's never good Yes, absolutely. It's just, um, it's one of those um, circumstances where you've also got the, uh, your head around the fact uh, that you are going to move and you visualize yourselves in, in a place. Yeah. And um, now that hasn't happened. So we kind of have that as the benchmark of, uh, for every other property, which probably isn't fair on them. No. So we're really, um, we're really hoping that something, um, something solid turns up ASAP. Colin, I want to jump in a slightly different direction. And, and part of that direction is just a conversation about the world of radio in the, in the UAE. And only because I was talking with Digby Taylor yesterday and he, he was over at 107.1, uh, I heart radio in the UAE and, and we were having a great, yeah, everyone knows Digby. He's been around for a long time, uh, you know, across different stations here. Really fun to have a chat with him. But it was interesting because I was talking to him about sort of where radio is going. And and it, it dawned on me, and I, I don't know how it sort of came up. It was kind of like this morning. I think I was out giving the dog a run. And I realized, you know, I spend almost no time in my vehicle now. The, I don't, so I, cause I was thinking, man, I don't see too many, we will fix a trucks around. And then I was thinking, of course I don't see too many around because I'm not around. <laughs> so, and that's yeah. it, from, from an advertising perspective, it's been a bit odd because we use all of our vehicles as um, an advertising tool. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of two aspects to that. So with people not going out, they're not seeing the vans, which should mean that we're quieter, but we are so busy right now that we're just over the moon that people aren't seen and calling because <laughs> we're just trying to keep our response times to something reasonable at the moment. So it's one of those lovely situations where we're just trying to manage demand as effectively as we can. Well, and, and you guys used to do a whole bunch of radio advertising, which you scaled back on, which you must be, you and Dan must be looking at that saying, what a, what a, a just fortuitous cascade of events that led you to move off of the airwaves because this is where Digby was going with things. He was saying, look, the, the marketing advertising revenue that used to be spent on radio in the UAE just went into the toilet with COVID as as it's done around the world. But I think the UAE becomes in a really unique position because unlike other parts of the world, I don't know about you guys, but when I was when I lived in Canada, I would have the radio on in the house all the time. When I'm here in the UAE, I listen to the radio in the car, but I'm not in the car anymore, <laughs> so I'm not listening to the radio. Yeah. And I and he, you know, he was he was sort of lamenting this, saying, you know, it's brutal, brutal from an on-air advertising perspective to get that message out because who wants to put money into the airwaves when the only people listening to it. Are, are a much, much reduced group of people. In fact, I haven't, I haven't had a good talk with Simon about that. I'd, I'd be really interested to hear what he's, what he's noticing from his broadcast. That's Catboy uh, over at yeah. 92, but I, I'd love to, I'd love to hear that. I've got to say, I think I'm a bit more brutal than you are in this situation. Um, we moved off radio for a very simple reason, which was we tracked, always track in detail where uh, customers are coming from mm. and radio stopped working. Yeah. That's just the, the real harsh facts of it. Which, which is um, pretty sad, actually, when you think about it. 
I think radio right now is in a blockbuster situation. Um, and I think they need to move and move really, really quick. Yeah. This is the future. Podcasting yeah. is the future. Without a doubt, online is the future. So what we actually did was we didn't reduce our advertising spend at all. And we were spending a huge amount on radio. All we did was we went, okay, let's now see whether or not our audience has moved and moved to online. Mm. So we then kept the spend exactly the same, threw it to online, and immediately got a 400% uplift in response. Wow. You know, in that situation, James, it is really harsh to say to a radio station, but the truth is, I'm really sorry, but you're now the dinosaur. Yeah. And um, so I'm not going to advertise with you because I know – my return on investment is negative. Yeah. It just wasn't working anymore. So there are two different ways of dealing with it, which is the blockbuster route, which is onwards, men, we're going to be fine. This is a blip. And you end up with one store left having been dominant. Yeah. Or alternatively, you take the Netflix model, which is in the future, we're pretty clear that our audience is going to be finding us via online. So we're going to go really early and we're going to invest and we're going to make sure that we have content that people want to watch as soon as possible and people will come. Mm. That's exactly what's happened. Yeah. Now, I think that in the UAE, the radio industry as a whole is in the blockbuster phase right now. I really hope because you and I both have lots of friends in the industry. Oh, man. And I really hope that somebody has enough um, balls to realize that there is a whole different focus that they need to do now, because if not, they're not going to have a business in less than five years. I, 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 I worry about it. I worry about it, Colin. And I only say this because when I started doing radio and, and started doing, doing my shows, I, I instantly, when I started doing that, I started doing podcasts and I'd put them up on uh, Podomatic is, is the platform that I used. And, and since then, with all of the stuff we do, I've moved over to Anchor, including where, we, we, where we're located with what we're doing now and www.podaholics.com. That's with a K if one people want to find us. Of course, you found us because you're listening to us. But the, the point being, when I started doing podcasting at the Raven Radio Network, they weren't podcasting. I started podcasting before they did just my own show and it took years before they started to, to do that and every time they did it it was sort of and I, you know hey the guys there and, and the gals there do a great job but it, it's just slowly getting there it's just so slow and instead of thinking about okay how do we spend online and how do we move this online to keep attention and and move that online spend better it's it's slugging away at the terrestrial broadcasting which is great but who listens to it? And, and you can't track it. Whereas all, I mean, just like, you know, you know, you got a 400% increase. How do you know yeah. that? Well, because you got, yeah, you got measurable. You got, you know, I'm a, as you well know, I'm an ex marketing manager myself. So imagine that marketing manager going uh, to their boss to say, I want to spend all this money. Option a, here is the history of what we spent so far online and here is a graph that tells me exactly not just the number of people who've called, but those people who've spent money with us. And she's like, wow, wow, that looks great. <laughs> and here's radio. So radio, at best, you will have a, uh, a small um, audience that is measured in any shape or form and extrapolated supposedly to give you accurate figures for what your audience um, is. On top of that, you don't really get accurate data in terms of whether or not the people who are coming to you have come as a result of that, or it's just one of the factors that they were working with. Yeah. And we know that people generally, if they're going to um, uh, purchase maintenance services, need five contact points a minimum before, five different times when they've really? experienced our before they will actually uh, make that decision to purchase, ideally with a recommendation element in there as well. Well, I can't tell you whether or not that's from radio or whether it's from everything else that we're doing from marketing activities. I can tell you really clearly online where, um, where it's coming from. So my confusion with radio right now is it's really clear that measurability is the be-all and end-all now for spend. And there are options out there that will give that to every marketing manager in the country, irrespective of ability. 
So in which case your focus and your shift should have changed by now to online being our core and we also have radio stations that people can listen to in their car. They could podcast in the car as well if they wanted or yeah. just those bits of our programming that they actually want to listen to. I'm lost why people haven't already done that. I'm totally baffled. It's a no-brainer. You know, the one that I don't get, and this is, you know, again, I get maybe it's just a whinge, who knows. But you take your, your regular radio thing. Now, we got, we got two problems. First problem is we, we're in format radio. And which means we follow a very specific clock in a very specific way that clock works. And we tend in, in our format radio to also be stuck on a very specific type of radio. So am I a dance station? Am I a top 40 station? Am I a virgin where I play 20 songs and that's what they do. And it's very, very narrow. And then you, then you get, you know, a Dubai eye, which is a little talk, a little music and, and it's kind of messed up. It's, it, you know, it does what it does. Whatever happened. Yeah. It's, it's all over the place. What, whatever happened. And it's almost like we want to go back to the fifties when we had true variety radio and we said, okay, we've got one station where we've got everyone listening to. So it, you know, I could be whatever number you want. And on that station, we have a certain type of programming in the morning, a certain type of programming a little bit later. Maybe we have some music and then we go back to drama and then we go back to news and it, it becomes a true variety radio station. So what I don't understand is, is exactly what you're talking about with podcasts, why we're not, why any station doesn't create a sort of hour long, two hour long mashup of the entire cycle that they've done with the best content so that they've got a little bit of talk, a little bit of music, a little bit of news, you know, make it a news magazine show that they do every day that you just call from your already recorded stuff. No one does it. And I don't get why I, I I'm at a loss. See, this is, this is the pick and mix model, isn't it? Yeah. So the idea of pick and mix is the only things that are going to go into your, your pick and mix bag of sweets is going to be those things that you know you like. Then you have two different options. You pick out, when you're in the mood for a particular sweet, you pick it out, you eat it, and you're like, oh yeah, that was great. And then you get to, or alternatively, you get the stage of, okay, well I know that everything in there is the stuff that I like, so therefore let's just go lucky dip at it and away we go. That is the problem with radio right now. The point you made is perfect, which is the lucky dip of all the best bits is there for people who basically like the entire programming of the radio and just want that snapshot that fits in with the time they've got. You mentioned now that people are mainly listening to radio in a car, in which case, maximum, they've got two hours a day where they could be listening. So give them your best two hours. Alternatively, you've got those people that are only going to enjoy one particular show that you do during the week. If on a format radio, they are not in the car at that time, they've lost that content. Yep. In which case, no brainer for me that you've got to go non-format, online, podcast, and then they can find it. But it needs to be easy for them to find. And and people aren't doing that right right now. Man, just you, you, you know what? I just thought of a great show. I just thought of a fantastic show. Not for us, but well, maybe for us. But I'm thinking again, our friend Simon, this guy, and if we, everyone knows Catboy. If you're in the, if, if you're in the UAE, and you know you, you've heard of Catboy. If you lived here, you've heard of the guy. I actually thought he was, you know, he looked like a cat. I, I remember when he was the producer for um, for Chris Chris Fisher. Chris Fisher. Yeah. I, I remember when he was the producer for that that show when he first started. I was there on his first week in with Chris Fisher in those days. Oh, man. And, um, it's odd how it all works out because um, yeah. obviously he's a good friend of both of ours now. And um, and I, I still think he is the best in the business um, on on air by a country mile. And um, it's very odd, isn't it? So, well, listen, listen to this idea. And you know what we're going to have to do? Well, we'll pull this out and we'll send it to him after because I actually, I want to do a, you know, you know that I do another show called catching up and I yes. basically where I just talk to folks. Right I, I want to get him on. <laughs> it's like, I got to get well, there might be a bit of politics in that one. But, uh, um, yeah. There must be a way we can do it. Maybe we can, I, I, there's gotta be a way. To, he's, got, he's got stories to tell that. Man. <laughs> well, I think, 
I think if, if they, you steer clear of, of the angst and, you know, and, and you're, you're not really pushing at, you know, what, yeah, that make, it, but that might yeah. be hard anyway, but here, here listen and to this, he, listen to this idea. As well, actually. So there my we, catch up with him is normally in the supermarket, which is lovely. And Laura as well. They're wonderful people and a big part of Dubai. Yeah, a huge part. Well, this, listen to this idea because we, we know that Catboy used to do the morning show. And now he's moved to, I don't know, was it 10, 9, 10, something? 10 to 12. 10 to 12? 10 to 12 or 9 to 12? Yeah, somewhere on that. Okay, so so in the car era, he went from doing the breakfast show, which was school run mania, to now there's no school run right now. He's actually in the sweet spot of radio broadcasting but no one listens or or few people listen to the radio but if you're listening online which you i guess you can stream 92 you you really want to be refocusing his show in that all of that stuff that they do they do their great quizzes and they have a lot of fun you want to now refocus that show because and and aim it at all of the stay-at-home parents who are educating their kids you want to put an educational you know get your parents involved in doing stuff spin that you stream online because they want his quiz to help the kids a be entertained and b have that educational sort of flick to it he's in the sweet spot to actually reinvent this whole radio in a COVID-19 era that works not only as i say to 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 promote radio but also to promote that engagement with an audience with a purpose and he's the guy because he's been doing it for years i'm i'm i gotta talk to him (laughs) i can't imagine he hasn't already thought of this because he's a smart guy but you know and he's got he's got half a dozen kids at home anyway already right so well at least three I absolutely agree. He's entirely the right person, but there is there is already that benchmark to look at. And in effect, no real surprise, it's the BBC. Yeah, They've got a, a program on at the moment, which is called Bite Size, mm. which is designed as 20 minutes maximum for different age groups for yeah. education at home. And it is brilliant. You know, there's Joe Wicks now with his daily workouts that he's doing, which are designed for kids to keep active, but with stuff that parents can do at the same time. Yeah. This is where we are right now. It's about everybody together. And one of the problems actually with radio is if you create content right now that is aimed at adults only, there's a decent majority of adults who are at home right now that are educating their kids and are busting themselves just to work out when the next online zoom meeting is for the three kids or what algebra is because you've forgotten everything that you did at your own school but you need to learn because your kids are getting stuck at it so they don't have time to consume on their own anymore or yeah. listen the, uh, the uh, more um, normal conversation would go and instead it needs to be stuff that they can share right. as a family and that in itself is a really powerful bonding experience and, you know, the, the, again, um, Simon and Laura have got their quiz that they're doing, which is, is in this ilk. And yeah. they're doing it online, uh, free of charge, which is wonderful at the moment. Unfortunately, it's at a time when normally I'm bathing the kids, so it isn't working out too well for me. But I catch bits of it either on the playback. And, you know, they are. They're geniuses. They're absolutely brilliant. And they've got, they're absolutely on the pulse of what is going on right now in the UAE and do a phenomenal job of it. And um, I think that there should be more support for them and the, the approach that they're taking. They are ahead of the curve right now versus yeah. the rest of Red. The challenge always when one's ahead of the curve is, you know, there's a lot of folks who are, and this is a big challenge in, you know, we, we talk, I talk about this with Glenn in the automotive industry and in radio, it's the same thing. It's, it's been the same old, same old, same old model for so long with minor tweaks, much like the automotive industry. It's still the internal combustion engine, electric's coming, but you know, most people own internal combustion and no one wants to change because, Hey, I'm comfortable. 
I know this way of doing things. I can make this work. Hey, you know what? You can't make it work anymore. <laughs> and why, why go back when people say, are we ever going to go back? Why would we? I was just reading, just reading in, in Canada, in Montreal, they're talking about the universities in the fall. That's McGill, Concordia, University of Quebec at Montreal, University of Montreal. All four of those universities are talking about doing online teaching until the end of the year. And I'm going the calendar year. Isn't it? Aren't you having that here? We, well, these whole discussions came up yesterday. We we haven't we haven't confirmed it yet at our place, but I suspect that our university will do the same. I mean, I I don't know, but there's there's talks of multiple models, much like we have for the schools, and I yeah. suspect we will we will follow suit like that, and it's uh, it's kind of inevitable. I think there's three models that have been discussed at the moment, and the one that's most uh, related, or the the extreme version that involves physically being at the school is still only a 70% school, 30% yeah. online model. Yeah. Nobody is saying 100% <laughs> school in September anymore, yeah. which is frightening for most parents. You know, They thought that they were almost <laughs> over with this. We're not even close. So there's, there's such a long way to go. And you know, we've only just begun, as well, is unfortunately being shown by the current cases. Well, one of, one of the ones that scares me about the 70-30 the model, and my wife and I, my wife's an educator. Now, we have no children at home, thankfully. Imagine, A, we know a lot of educators who have kids. So you've still got to do your education work and you've got to do the kids. But on a 70-30 model, if you've got kids going to school and kids not going to school... How, how how do you create the content for the thirty percent of the time, and who how do you how do you administer that knowing that you've got a teaching faculty that can only do so much, and that's a, that's a huge reinvent. And the one that gets me is is parents if if parents wanted to do homeschooling, they would have gone to homeschooling years ago. So suddenly they've been forced into it. Their jobs don't accommodate homeschooling. So how do you make that work? I mean, I, and it's, it's, it's hard. You know, and also you are talking about people um, within education have just been stretched beyond any imaginable yeah. limit to in a two week period in the UAE here, move from a traditional model to a totally and utterly alien education model yeah. and to do it brilliantly. Yeah. So, and then you say to these people, you know, we're changing it again and I'm now going to throw in, not only have you got your heads from now around online teaching, I'm going to throw in some logistics for you as <laughs> yeah. well. Just to make yeah. that a little bit more difficult. I, it's just, oh, I, I, I so feel for all educators right now, yeah. but those with their own families that need education, you're absolutely right, are in a, a, an amazing situation. Yeah, it's crazy. So how, how are things going at the office for you guys with, uh, you, you know, what's changing tone a little bit? We hear, I and I, I again, I've said this over and over again, I, I just never really clued in on it in my own situation at, at the university, nor in, in really talking with you about how many people in general are still outside of country and only once the airlines Etihad and Emirates here in the UAE started talking about re flights coming inbound to bring back residents who were, were out of country. It only started to make me think, I was like, how many people is that? And how is this, how are they doing things and how is this affecting business? And then it clued in again, because you've got, and, and when I had some plumbing work done, you said your ACE plumber is in Manila because he didn't get back yep. before they shut things down. How, how are things going at, at HQ for you guys with getting your, your employees back? So we, we've been relatively lucky. Um, to give you a rough idea, about 10% of our staff are currently out of country. Hey, that's a lot, though. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, considering we're utterly blitzed. I mean, we are beyond busy and uh, verging on scary. Um, so we are utterly desperate uh, to get them back. And they so, must want so, to get back. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. So um, literally daily, we went from doing our daily COVID-19 meetings to as soon as Etihad announced that they were having repatriation flights, the first thing that we did was, right, okay, work on the criteria, how do we get our guys back? And what's that going to look like? Because it's not just the repatriation. They've then got to do 14 days of self-isolation here before they can even work. 
Mm. So we have to look ahead to where that's all going to sit. And luckily, there's an online process that the UA has done, and it's great. Wow. That, yeah, that has basically got all of our staff that are out are now approved for flight. So now it's just a question of scheduling it. Well, if you imagine the practical side of that as well, James, which is uh, these guys all had return flights that were available and not on Etihad. Mm. And as a result of that, in effect, this is going to be an additional charge and a whacking great additional charge that is being levied because obviously they can't run full planes so they don't have no economies. Um, so hence, it is expensive. So we as a company are stepping in to bridge that gap for people um, so that way they're not totally out of pocket in a scenario where not only have they been um, struggling at home, but now they can't even afford to get back. Well, yes, we will deal with that ourselves. So it's a really um, it's a really difficult time from that in terms of the logistics of getting people back, getting them back and operational. And on top of that, we need a, a, a large number of additional staff because we fully intended to go to the Philippines as we've done frequently, spend two weeks interviewing, training, and testing um, additional staff for the summer season. And all of that got canned. We weren't able to do it. So at that point, we are really short in terms of the numbers that we would need right now. So it's all hands on deck. Dan, my business partner, as you well know, does a lot of the HR stuff here. And uh, he is just flat out trying to grab us uh, AC techs of our, our usual standard, which is the other critical factor, which is you cannot employ substandard staff just because you need more people. Yeah. So it's a question of working really hard to get people that can A, deliver what you're all about as a brand. And secondly, you just have to accept that even when you find them, they're going to take a, a lot of time in training just to make sure that they're able to deliver at the same standard that the rest of your staff do. So that whole logistic is what our daily meetings are about now. Well, why do you think you've had such a spike in business, Colin? I mean, is it because other companies have folded up? Is it because you're just offering a great service? What, what is your, your thought on that? Uh, yes, a few others have folded, but it's not been as many as we expected within our industry. Um, a massive factor for us was uh, on every job, we decided to offer free disinfection of work areas where we were operating, uh, which gave people real confidence in the work that we're doing. And they were much more confident to have us in their homes than a lot of our competitors. Mm. So what we found is... Um, there is no longer that difficulty in getting over the threshold of a, of a property to get on with work. And everybody, therefore, who hasn't been having people in in recent months now wants it doing and they want it doing now. Mm. So it's that rush which is difficult. So from our side of things, we, A, want to manage it, we want to be able to plan it, and we want to be able to do it the quality that we do yeah. and none of that can slip even though we are down on technicians down on booking staff down on support staff so it's a it's a really difficult situation that literally has to be micromanaged on a, a daily basis and um and you know it's fun i love it i love this part <laughs> uh, without a doubt and we're doing that with a new general manager on board phil who's just joined us oh is he in, uh, we, is he in country he is. He is. He started on Sunday, so we're very, very glad to have him on board, and it's been uh, really great so far. And it's lovely to have a fresh pair of eyes looking over all those systems and decisions that you've made over the years, yeah. and just have a fresh pair of eyes. I caught myself the um, yesterday, in fact, in a meeting saying uh, to him, oh, no, no, we can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And then when I thought about it, I thought, no, you can't do that because that's the way you've always done it. It's nothing to do with X, Y, and Z. So actually, I piped up and said, you know what? No, scrap me. You need to be able to overrule me on these things and, um, and look into it. Work out if this is going to work for us. And if it does, go for it. Don't come back to me. Just go for it. And um, hopefully, that's, that's, uh, I caught myself early enough that uh, I, can, I can give them that freedom to really bring um, new ideas, new thoughts, new processes to us. That's got to be a big challenge for you and Dan in some, in some aspects when you've got a new MD coming in and you know, you've been filling the gap, the two of you 
as he has been getting here and, and, and patriating to then step back a little bit. This is your baby. As you've talked about over and over again, you and Dan started this, you were in Satwa uh, where yeah. you were set up and you, you built this business and then to have that new set of eyes come and say, well, hold on a second. That's gotta be a big challenge. Well, it, it's interesting because the, we already had a bit of a, um, a role model for this, um, which was when our first GM started, you and now three and a half, four years ago, we actively did take a step back and that was really difficult. Mm. Um, but we got to the stage where we were exceedingly yeah. laid back at the time <laughs> of the play. and then suddenly with a need to scramble and more importantly, get to know the business intimately again not just on a very top level but intimately and i have loved every minute of that because i wondered you wonder after a while you know have i have i still got it can i still do this, can I still run this, this business? you know you wonder and i certainly did because day to day i haven't run it in oh, well at least four years if not longer yeah and the good news was yes we did have it and uh, between the two of us um, we still have the communication skills. We still got the links with the staff uh, to be able to do that. So now that transition, I think, will be easier. So it's just a question now of working out where Phil's skills lie and therefore how we give him space with that and conversely how we support him, which is in effect what, we, what we've always said with general managers is we are here to consult to you. You run this place, not us. Mm. And we should be there as a resource for you. So use us that way. And um, what will happen over the next few months is that transition will occur from Dan and I running the business again um, to handing the reins over to Phil, who's run businesses before and uh, very relevant businesses as well. So I don't think that's going to be much of an issue at all. And then to step back and just go, okay, we're here if you need us. Feel free to fail because that's the only way that you know you're really pushing very hard and you're not going to get crucified by us in that situation and we'll do our best um, to get you out of it if you do get us in a hole. What background does Phil come to you guys from? So previously he's just been running a uh, printing press company, so printing and packaging. Um, before that uh, he set up his own pest control company uh, which he then uh, sold on and um, and went back to gainful employment. Hold on a second. Was Phil doing that pest 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 stuff here in country? Yes. I think I might have used his company. Possible. Yeah. Um, he was uh, he was running that for oh, four or five years. Um, I think. And, I, you um, know what? I'm pretty. I'm just thinking back. I'm pretty sure the guy that I talked to was named Phil, who was the owner of yeah, this yeah. and. He came to spray my yard for my for my dog because we had a tick infestation in the yard, and so he came and he didn't do in the house. He did outside the house, and he, he you know it was a two step process. A British guy and yeah. uh, phenomenal, but this is a few years ago. I think it's the same guy. It, it probably would have been. It wouldn't surprise. Not many Phils doing pest control no. in UAE. <laughs> so uh, highly likely, we are very very happy to have him on board. We're, um, we're very confident that he's going to be a real success within the role. Uh, and more importantly, he's going to bring a lot of broader experience to us um, that we need to make sure that we nurture, which is going to be key. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Oh, man, this is exciting. It sounds really exciting. You sound excited, Colin. I am. Well, we've also got a new operations manager. God, it sounds like everybody's left, <laughs> doesn't it? But um, it's not. We've had everybody has been, been in for a really long stint. And uh, what with uh, Kevin, our previous operations manager, repatriating back to Ireland um, to get married and start a family. Well, he isn't at the moment because I immediately hired him back and um, he's been with us for the last couple of months. And then the lockdown happened and I got him for even longer, which is brilliant. Kev's an absolute lifesaver and a, a massive friend of ours. Um, he, he's just wonderful. Uh, so it's great having him back, but we've got his replacement now. Um, and that's coming on. So it is, it's, uh, it's new thoughts, it's new ideas. And people say with, um, say with a business that um, you can go stale. Yeah. And I, I don't feel as though we were stale as such, but this is an opportunity to grow um, for us, not just financially, but in, in terms of the processes and the way we operate. Yeah. And to have um, almost a, an audit of everything that we do from somebody that isn't very close to it is, is a really great opportunity. 
Man, it's, it just sounds exciting. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the upside of the COVID environment. And, we, you know, we've got Glenn with PowerWorks Automotive. He set up a business that is, is really, it's working. And that's kind of cool. You guys have done a restructure, in a sense, in the COVID environment, kind of provoked by the COVID environment. It's almost like, you know, the folks that we were, were talking about at the beginning of the, the show, talk about our traditional media, they need to step up. It's time to step up. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I'd really like to see them a success, you know, a, yeah. a, a solid, positive media industry is actually good for all business owners. Yeah. Um, it gives you an ability to communicate with your customers effectively, which is something that we would definitely like to uh, like to do and continue to do in different ways. Well, we, we already started doing it with the We Will Fix It podcast. It's almost like We Will Fix It radio. We didn't even get to the notes today, which is uh, absolutely- We didn't even touch them, did we? <laughs> this, is, this is therapy. I mean, we, we've mentioned it before, but I really enjoy these. It's nice that there's usually some information about maintenance on there, even yeah. though there isn't today. Yeah, Today's been, it's been a Dubai, Dubai session, hasn't it? I think it, and well, it's good. And I, I think I want to, I really go, you know what, you know where I need to work or we need to work is I'm looking at our demographics of our audience. And what I cannot figure out is we, we talk so much about Dubai. Well, what, what population makes their way to Dubai is the UK population when they can. And the huge number of folks from the UK who, you know, are, are thinking, Hey, do I want to come to Dubai? Our programs are beautiful for people to get a sense of what's going on in Dubai. And yet, yeah. yet when I look at our demographics, and I'm just calling them up now, and this is this is great. When I look at the demographics of who's listening to us, so I'm looking through uh, a dashboard on, on our uh, site. 2% of our listening public is from the United Kingdom. Right, James. Now that we've got our new Podaholics with a K dot com website yeah. with our new bios on, which is uh, is quite simple, um, I I haven't yet engaged with all my social guys, and as you know, I, right. I've got extensive links in that area. Um, I will now. I keep meaning to, but it's just been so busy with work stuff. But I I will because I think you're absolutely right. We have got content that would um, is ideal for that British audience. And and what's, um, it, what's also interesting okay. though is, and I, I think from your perspective, and we never talk about this, but about 62% of our, our listeners are from the UAE, of which 82% are from Dubai, which fits beautifully in right. to what, what uh, you're, and, and again, we never really talk about that stuff. And here yeah. I am just firing it out on our podcast as if it's willy nilly, but... <laughs> But the the reason the reason I wanted to bring all this up and and again as you were talking we didn't get to the notes but we will use these notes in our next podcast is there is and you've got to go and take a look in the notes so those who are listening are now you're getting a forward hit to what we'll talk about next time but there's a wonderful little piece of video and it it comes down to my pet peeve with Teflon tape and uh, yes. in the in the UAE, and I I, I I figure maybe it's in in the Levant and in in the East. The, there are some folks who use Teflon tape like it is an actual washer <laughs> on on pipes. And and the reason, so what what kind of struck me and why I put this in here? A, I wanted to talk about it, but why? What really struck me was. We need, not only do we need the We Will Fix It Essential Maintenance podcast, which essentially we're doing, we, we need a YouTube channel where you guys give these little tips because the, the, the piece that I put up on into our notes is this plumber showing how to use Teflon tape. And when I watched it, I a, how he did it, and then there was a little trick in it on how you should actually put it on, which I never would have thought of until I watched it. Now, his his video is horrible. It's horrible, but... I haven't seen it, but I'm guessing it's the reverse wine, is it? It is. Ah, there we go. Yeah. It's almost it, as if I know. And it's, 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 it's and, and, you know, and he just did one round and that was it. And he's talking about it and he's talking about why. Oh yeah, you want to watch it. It's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. Uh, maybe it was okay, two lines. I will try. But all I thought was we need the We Will Fix It Essential Maintenance series that, you know, hey, what to look at, just, you know, one, two minute little bit 
in and out like uh you know the burger and away we go i'm i'm stoked claire, claire our marketing manager is threatening me with it yeah you need to do um, it yeah I'm, i've so far i've done really well because she's still quite new so i kind of give her a bit of a stare initially yeah and then now that she's getting the feet under the table i'm planning to use all oh, the hot weather I, I just sweat on camera so i can't do it but you're absolutely right. we need to do it we need to do it for not just our website but for the wider public as well well I, um, yeah i think uh, you know come maybe the tail end of the summer we'll uh, we'll do a series of those um so that people hopefully can get a little bit more empowered I'd, I'd love to do a show, even if it's on the, the We Will Fix It you know, uh, brand and our We Will Fix It podcast where Claire and I sit down and we just talk about you know, how, how, to, how, how she does her job for a maintenance company, a repair company, and, and how it's the same, same, but different. Uh, I think that would be and, brilliantly, you know, we're, and of course, so, Phil, and of course, Phil, we need to sit down with Phil. So you can take a yes. break at some point, you know, and we could just have a <laughs> chat with those folks. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be really good. Oh, man. <laughs> the pleasure. Uh, Colin, on the next show, we've, we, I wanted to go back to power washers. I, I've put the, uh, the, all the, one of the coolest power washers I've ever seen, the Simpson cleaning mega shot gas powered pressure washer up on this, the notes. I want one of these things. I've got one similar. <laughs> yeah, I figured you did. So yeah. I wanted to do a reverse, a, a return to that. Uh, grit and sandpaper. I just love the way they talk about the types. How anyone would ever <laughs> figure it out, I don't know. But, you know, it's super fine, extra fine, very fine. Uh, g- give me a break. Ultra fine. How are you supposed to understand any of this? Aluminium oxide, <laughs> silicon carbide. Yeah, it's all, it garnet, it's all there, isn't it? It is. So we, we got lots to talk about on the next show. I look forward to doing it and as always this has been a blast we as i said we we didn't get anywhere on the nose but we had a great this is a great therapy conversation <laughs> i absolutely agree you saved me a fortune <laughs> with that being said it is time for us to turn off the mics you've been listening to potaholics and the we will fix it essential maintenance podcast with colin thomas from we will fix it in essential maintenance right here in Dubai. You want to get in touch with us? Potaholics with a K at gmail.com. Go to our website, www.potaholicswithak.com. And of course, we're across all the socials, Potaholics with a K. You're listening to us somehow. Give us a rating, share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you and we'll get back to you as well. This has been yet another extraordinary We Will Fix It show on Potaholics. Potaholics.